Welcome to The Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to The Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Mike. What's up, gentlemen? Um, I am... I have B-toxin running through my veins at a level that is hitherto uh, unexplored. Yeah. When we got on the first thing I said, I go, you feel like you have any B superpowers yet? Like, <laughs> is this one of those scenarios? I don't even know what the power would be. Like, he could smell soda from several feet away and come bother me about it. Yeah. Hey, Jake, can I have a sip of that soda? <laughs> Get out of here, Mike. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike was regaling us before the cast about how he got stung by uh, how many bees would you say? I today? I have I have at least thirty welts from stings presently on my body. <laughs> That's how many I could count. <laughs> I I need you to call me though, like if you have like like this overwhelming desire for sugar like tonight okay. or something or like i i want to i want to document on the blog your transformation into b-man so. okay all right we'll do we'll do is that, is that like... you're like wearing a yellow shirt and you're like eating just like spoonfuls of sugar like yeah yellow, yellow shirt some black shorts <laughs> yeah be like what this is what i wanted to wear i don't is there is there problem. like a b-man and marvel like ant-man like i know there's an ant-man but Not there's that no I know superhero of. i guess it's the wasp right yeah the wasp is probably the closest mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. just yeah most of the b related like anything i can recall like from anime or comics it's just like they just control lots of bees sure. but like i'd like to see you actually get like some powers of a bee like i'd, I'd take i'd take wings that yeah be that'd good. be pretty sweet yeah yeah just don't sting anyone because you'll die. Like after that, that's like you're just one shot. That's it. That's yep. your big, your big <laughs> one super shot, one kill. Make it count. <laughs> yeah. You're the Doesn't one seem that like dies. A great superpower. <laughs> I think it depends on if you use your powers for good. You know. Yeah, but like, I mean, there's no guarantee that your target is going to die. No, they that's may not be allergic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like think, you think about right. <laughs> think about those thirty plus bees that all died to deliver you um, your yeah. current discomfort. Some some slightly annoying welts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> he died like he lived, being slightly annoying. <laughs> Bye, Mike. Victory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we are going to talk about Legion today, uh, which mm-hmm. unfortunately has uh, no bees involved. Uh, but it does involve lots of small things that poke and prod you. Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, as well as um, a duck and a baby duck, which. Uh, so we. <laughs> Lone yeah. Star Open was this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the hell? Just... Like, we're gonna we're gonna have to uh, some... had a stroke live on <laughs> there are some good uh lone star open stories that have nothing to do with legion from this weekend oh, okay uh, let's uh <laughs> let's... we'll leave it at that for now i'll tell the duck one on the cast some of the others are um uh less savory let's put it that less heartfelt nsfw uh, if you will they're not quite nsfw but they're okay 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stories <laughs> that should stay where they were generated. Yes, exactly. what stays in LSO. What happens in LSO stays in LSO. Right? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a little bit. Yes. Um, <laughs> but let's let's do housekeeping first, and then I will tell the duck story, and then we'll at some point probably talk about Legion. Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, so let's talk housekeeping. I'm going to keep it short. Join us on Patreon. Uh, we are going to do some stuff. Uh, I'm going to give away the Tempest cars. We're going to print those out. I've got to put this poll up. I'm actually, I got to do it like now, uh, this like tomorrow. Um, but basically asking what people want, whether they want a Raddit cards or if they want Tempest or whatever. So if you join us on Patreon, you get access to our Discord server, which gives you access to us. You can ask us questions um, that maybe you don't want to put on the, the general Legion Discord for fear that someone's going to make fun of you or that someone's going to troll you or something. Something like that that may happen in a larger Discord is still going to happen in our Discord, just in a slightly less way. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's just be a smaller audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This just won't be as tens of thousands of embarrassment. Uh, so, so no, we uh, we we talk a lot about um, our list, what we're doing. We share a lot of our hobby stuff. Um, it's a good little community we have going on our Discord. So uh, you get access to that at any dollar level on our Patreon. So if you just come and like do a dollar a month, which absolutely helps us, uh, you know, um, that would be great because we not only the staff that we have now, but we're looking to put on more staff for writing. Uh, we want to we want to write more about Shatterpoint, stuff like that. So, you know, we 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 pay our writers and 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 our staff. So, you know, that's that's where that money goes. And plus, once in a while, I send you free stuff, which is great. Um, yeah, I think that's it for for housekeeping. I'll keep it short this week. Awesome. Oh, sorry. One more thing to you all. Of, yeah. To all of you that don't like it when I talk about Patreon too damn bad. Deal with it. I don't care. Go, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll create a Patreon level that you could pay for. That'll stop me from talking about Patreon. Okay. The, I mean, you can, but you're not going to stop. I don't, don't say that. I, I mean, I, I could make it a dollar amount. Yeah, I could make it a dollar amount. Hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's, there's <laughs> a number. Yeah, yeah. I like you know how when they ask people like, do you have a number? Like, and most people are like, no, I don't. I always have. There is always a number I have. That's that if somebody wants them. to like single handedly <laughs> cover all of our costs. Yeah, which there are for you know content creation. Um, yeah, I, I assume Jay would probably stop talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Email me at contact at the fifth trooper.com. Tell me your number and what your offering is. <laughs> and uh, we'll 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 have a little business discussion. Not a problem. I'll stop talking about Patreon. <laughs> really, though, it's just it's a great way to support us if you yeah. like our content. So I, I just curious to you, whoever you are sitting out there right now thinking to yourself, why is Jay talking about Patreon so much? How do you think I pay people, man? It's not just paying people too. It's like you have oh, to our server, our, yeah, 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 the podcast hosting fees. Like, dude, uh, there's so many costs to this, um, and and we are so appreciative of all our Patreon members, and not appreciative of you, commenter. Not <laughs> no, at all. That's not true. 
No. They listen to us. I am appreciative of them. They said they were going to stop listening because I talked about Nobody Patreon so much. Nobody stopping listening. That's like I the hope empty you do. veiled thread. I hope you do. <laughs> still, still click the download button now just so we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I don't even care. Watch and click down like, uh, you know. I mean, look at I it this care. way. Every time you comment that you hate the Patreon stuff, that bumps our numbers. Comments are good. Yeah. Comments are good. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Thanks. Anyway. That's my talk for today. <laughs> <laughs> this is my name's Jay Shalansky, and this has been my TED talk. <laughs> all right. How about we move on to the news? Welcome to In the News. Okay. I'm on Burgundy. I wasn't um, really ready for that, but yeah, let's let's talk about news. Yeah, is there huh? news to talk about? I don't oh, know. I mean LSO. It, our the, boy. Oh, okay. Sure, 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 sure. Another sure. fifth trooper win in the in the in the annals of history. And an, and another for Austin Miller specifically. Yep. Yeah, I think he's... this is his third uh frontline right. event that he's won this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. year. Rocky Top, Atlantic City, and now Lone Star. So starting congratulations. to feel like I, gotta, I gotta go to these tournaments just to stop give him. this give this man a fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, what's right. going on? To stop him. <laughs> to stop this young Florida man. Right. <laughs> from the florida hog all the glory they're yeah. supposed to be crazy down there i don't get it what's the deal yeah the final in fact was two florida players uh michael That's shaw funny. was the other in the final he's also from florida so yeah no um, they've got a really good scene uh yeah. coming up down there so that's so yeah congratulations austin i'm sure he's going to talk about it he is one of the three hosts of the fifth trooper podcast now um so i'm sure he'll talk about it then he's also on our live show wednesday nights so he may talk about it then as well so i'm sure you'll be able to hear from austin but yeah congratulations to him i'm I'm so glad he's part of the team and and bringing in the w's like the rest of you guys yeah, with with uh with separatists this time no less, right? I don't think yep. he didn't play separatists last time, right? He did. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it was a different list or something. Was he playing Asage last time? It was similar. Yeah, it was Asage Cad Bane. Yeah. Um, this time he cut Asage and he uh, bumped up the Magnus, so it was Cad Bane, triple Magnus, and a bunch of B ones with like repair bots and stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good man. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's an effective list. Magnus are durable. He had him backed up by repair bots. You know those yeah. magnet; those magnets really did some work for him. In the they last sure did. Games. Yeah. I, Dude, yeah. Why don't we just let's just launch into it? Because I actually, um, uh, I casted the semifinal and the final, both of which are, were streamed on Yavin Base. So if you want to check those out, uh, I'm sure David will have some videos of those up at some point. Well, believe, he did it on live... YouTube, so they should already be there. They're oh, okay. They're, yeah, he generally will cut them and also like segment them into if you just like want to snapshot a game later on. But damn, it, that's a lot of work. Good for it him. is. It is a lot of work. Yeah, he's really good about that. So yeah, and he 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 does, and his setup is great. Uh, it's been actually a while since I've casted with David, but um, the setup is like, I mean, it's really sophisticated now. He's got the overhead cameras. He's got like. The, like controllable like, yeah it like can wow. zoom in and like move around um the, the uh the blue screen dice tray where the dice like spray over the screen yeah. instead of having like a separate camera yeah it's all very depressive anyway yeah so uh austin played against ahsoka back to back in the semi-final and the final and both of those games were essentially clinched by magna guard uh 
not like fully one-shotting Ahsoka, but like mostly one-shotting Ahsoka. I think in both in both cases, Ahsoka had two wounds. Uh, but yeah, the uh, uh, there were two key moments in that game where Bang to Guard rolled in. Uh, you got like a eight hit rollout. Ahsoka had a dodge, um, spent it to, to bring it down to seven, and then rolled like a bunch of surges, which of course don't do you any good anymore. You certainly nope. don't do Ahsoka any good, good anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah, but Ahsoka died <laughs> both times. It happened in back to back games. Good. Um, Die, Jedi user. I almost think, but not Yoda, Anakin, Obi Wan. They're or, the true uh, Jedi, <laughs> or I, Grievous either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Grievous yeah. would have saved those too because yeah. he would have been able to convert those surges with block. <laughs> it, it's almost comfort. I don't know how you guys feel, but like for me, when I'm when I'm in a pivotal game like that, like a like a final game. It's almost comforting when I face like almost the same list that I've already faced in that day or that because it's like, oh, I know what to do. Yeah, yeah, I got you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a level of comfort to that because you're like, yeah, I beat that. I bet you I could do this same thing or I or I know their tricks now. Right. Like if it's the first time you really saw it on the table, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I know what I know what they're going to do. Yeah, it was actually really impressive, particularly in the final, uh, because Austin was facing against uh, Michael Shaw, who was running uh, an Ahsoka Cassian gun line with two FD turrets. Mm. And they ended up, I didn't I didn't quite catch exactly how the vetoes went, but they ended up on Long March hostage. And they were both at 800 points. So um, because of how the new tiebreak system works, it basically, uh, the short version is if, um, if they had a draw, meaning they both scored the same number of victory points and the same number of kill points, which, of course, at the start of the game is 0-0 kill points. Um, if they had an actual true draw, which is possible now, then it would go to the tournament tie breaks, the first of which is SOS, and Michael had better SOS. Uh, wow. So essentially that meant in this game, in the final for Lone Star Open, Michael was started as the defender um, because of the tournament tie breaks. And... Uh, Austin had to like attack into him, which he did. Um, on the first turn, he got like a Cad Bane shot on K2 and did three wounds to him. He managed to catch his hostage to kill the hostage on turn two and then basically forced Ahsoka to like do something. She went out and went after Cad Bane, killed Cad Bane, but then Ahsoka was kind of like out there yeah. to get shot, which is what did the the two wounds and then the Magna Guard charged her and she died. And that was kind of that was kind of it after that. Um because at that point Austin was up on points and then he kind of just retreated with everything. Um, but yeah, it was one of those situations where like going headfirst into a Cassian FD turret Ahsoka gun line feels pretty intimidating, but Austin managed to navigate it pretty well. So um we can maybe save the weird tiebreak draw rules for another cast because I have a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I have some questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean just... I ex- I explained it in detail, I think, on David's stream because um it was extremely relevant at the beginning of that game and the players also they knew this before the game started okay that was that was was where I was headed this wasn't like uh they got they got through battle cards and then realized okay no because they were both smartly like look we're both at 800 points you know they had a conversation with with the the EO and and the judges and we're like what do we do and the EO and the judges were like I don't know let's figure it out (laughs) so they they looked at the official tournament rules and the conclusion basically was that it it becomes a true draw 
and that means their records are both the same at five and oh and one um so they're you know one two and then you go to the first tie break and then the first tie break is sos and a couple of austin's opponents dropped so he had a slightly worse sos interesting um so yeah and that and that goes all the way back to essentially affect who is the you know we call them the beat down and the control uh in in previous terms but like who's 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 the one that has to make something happen and who's the one that can defend in the actual game because of the yeah. tournament tie breaks because that's of really schedule. good that everybody so. knew uh I, that, yeah that, that, that makes yes. me that's, happy because yeah. i'm gonna be honest um i definitely have had that situation come up i guess but i didn't actually know that sos was the breaker i just assumed that i had to kill something because we were yeah. gonna draw like so um, it, it is um i think in previous tournaments the eos have said in advance basically like there's not going to be any draws if you yeah. have a true draw we're going to roll a dice or or you're both going to take a loss like sure. we're, that's not like an acceptable outcome we're going to basically just mm. you know i mean people re- routinely ignore the the silly time limit thing part of the yeah. tournament right so yeah. they're also basically saying that draws aren't possible and the, the eos of previous tournaments have done that yep um the ones for LSO, since this was a world open qualifier, decided to basically be like, no, we got to use the make the it official, as clean as possible. Right. Okay. Um, which, you know, obviously that's totally 100% their call. So um, hmm. they used they used how it's supposed to be done in the tournament regs. And that's the answer. But I, I think Thanks. I think, Mike, that's it's probably not come up before because this might be the first time where they've actually decided to, like, use the draw rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. That's interesting. I just like I definitely like I heard you talking about it on cast and like it made sense, but I was also like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and again, we don't need to talk about it any further, but I definitely yeah. um that is a discussion that probably should happen at some point. It's with yeah, the it's, community at large. Yeah. Right. There needs to be a better way to resolve that because affecting how a game is going to play out based on the previous previously existing tournament tie breaks and and, and maybe more to decide a tournament the winner yeah the only time this comes up is the finals because that's the only time that that like that it really truly matters right am i am i off base on that because if you draw in an earlier round you can't make the finals anymore probably i think it depends because for example if you have like a you know top eight you have like a 64 person tournament and then a top eight go to a cut kind of situation. You could have a situation where it's like you've got uh, eight matches in the final yeah, round of a tournament, yeah, right? Okay. Um, and seven of those matches, uh, somebody wins. So then you have seven three O's and then that last match is a true draw. And then you have two more players that are two and oh, and one, both of those players would be ranked above all of the two and ones. Yep. Yeah. That's because fair. they don't and have whoever a loss. Has a better SOS oh, hold on. Advance. Just so I can wrap my head around this, what are the actual odds of killing the same amount of point? Like, I don't. Isn't it well a, a true well, draw? A hundred percent. If neither player does anything. Oh, well, right. and that, that's the thing. This this yeah. is basically what we're, the conversation. If you're is, not playing, is based around the fact well, that this forces one player to basically be old blue player under gotcha. the old rules. Okay. Essentially. Like it's giving one person the like bit advantage that we were used to having for the majority of Legion's lifetime because of your SOS. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Functionally, it means that 
like in this situation, for example, so Michael would be the one that would be in position to win the tournament if they drew. Michael essentially has 800 points and Austin has 799 for purposes of tie breaks. If you want to talk about it, how it works under the new rules. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, fair. Yeah. Uh, but you so, would essentially have to not play Legion. Well, we've if, had this conversation numerous times. Okay. In the past, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, yeah. No, if, if both players like it's hostages change, right? Both players get their hostages back. No units die. It's, it's two Oh, for both players, or it's two two rather than Michael wins, right? It it allows so Michael to basically not it allows have Michael to play. To play well, it in allows the, him to play defensively. Holds, yes, yeah, uh, understood. He's got to get his hostage back still. Yes, but understood, uh, understood, understood. He's he's not the one that has to change the status quo. Let's put it that way. Yeah, got, I gotcha. It's like old. It's like old Vaps, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if, if, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I was I'm, just like going what. Yeah, you're good. You're good. When it the is, hell I, has it, that ever even happened? Yeah, every game yeah. starts as a tie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's okay. It's, it's you don't both need players. To, I got yeah, it. yeah. I both got players it. still have to play, but one player it's it has to be more aggressive than the other. Typically, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Well, you got those magnets in there. He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and before that, he got Cad Bane in there. It was actually a really interesting play to, like, he just. It was a good bait. I, mean, I, I will... It was a very good bait. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it. I don't think it was an intentional bait, but it ended up working out in his favor. Sometimes um, that'd be how it goes, you know. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of a sure. side effect, really, yeah. of the play that he was making, rather than an intentional bait. I think. But, right. Um. Nice. Yeah. So, congrats to Austin. Mm-hmm. Separatists can still make some good lists. I think most of them have Cad Bane in them, and probably. I. Okay, but the top eight at this tournament I found very interesting. Generally, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I mean, I didn't get uh, a good chance to like really take a a scrub of what everybody brought. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, I mean, Empire was the most represented faction. Um, there were oh, like of, at the tournament in large. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. But it was a pretty even spread overall. Like it was fairly close between Empire, Republic, and Rebels. Um, so just based on that, I don't think it's it's that weird. Uh, there were what four Rebels in the top eight. There were four Rebels in the top eight, which I had um, thought and was the uh, and two Empire. I think. Yeah, I th- I thought the fact that half the top eight was Rebels is a big deal. Um, considering yeah. considering where we have kind of how well we've seen rebels do and um also like kind of what we thought the positioning of like ewoks and stuff would be coming into this tournament i was pleasantly surprised yeah i mean cassian was already good i think before the points changes we've said this before but then he got 10 points off he's a good fit for this meta you know the combination of marksman pierce and high velocity um ahsoka i think is is uh probably the the third like in my opinion playable force user behind yoda and anakin um not kenobi what are you talking about um, yeah so this, look, is, uh, this is gonna be a hot take but i think kenobi is more playable than yoda but we can okay table that anyhow anyway can it, <laughs> would you agree that ahsoka is one of the top three most playable force users yeah i definitely wouldn't put yoda yeah. up there but okay yes. that's fair yeah, yeah. um but it looks like uh what was it 21 
uh empire 15 rebels 16 republic yeah three separatists yeah and it looks like i can't see the number but it looks like probably like eight mercenaries yeah which which uh uh would include which would include ewoks because they're not they're a mercenary uh squad not a rebel squad is that I how think... Game Uplink breaks it out? Game Uplink, uh, they're they're rebels. They're rebels, rebels in Game Uplink. Oh, they, they are. They are. Because okay. I'm pretty sure Neil Junko is playing. He was. Ewoks. Yes, yeah, I'm quite okay. sure he was. Oh, yeah. we got him as rebels. <laughs> yeah. Why is um, that, Kyle? Uh, well, he beat me on day one. <laughs> um, so congrats to Neil. He was he was one of two Bright Tree Village players. Uh, uh, so he was the one with the 3D printed Ewoks. Nice. Um, and uh, but it was it was a full army of Ewoks. Um, and yeah, I I guess I can talk about my game uh, against Neil. I um, so at the last minute, I pivoted from Empire, from Boba Iden to um, Republic. I'm smelling a little bit of regret, but continue. Um, well, it's complicated because uh, I immediately was vindicated in my decision uh in the first game of the day when i faced triple dark troopers <laughs> <laughs> feeling good in the neighborhood all right yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. um which anakin uh it shredded with saber throw oh he's um, so good when it comes to that as long as yeah, you get yeah. through yeah yeah uh i i only got like one rps fire support off but it was enough to chunk one Yo, of his big squads is that the first that, time you've ever done that yes how glorious. satisfied was that it's so it's, it's it feels really good <laughs> yeah and then i did it i actually I, I played against a saber tank um i played one game in the redemption bracket on um sunday and it was against saber tank and i two-shotted it with saber throw rps fire support literally yeah five wounds the first time four on the second one and it was dead um just like last first it and it, yep that's exactly yeah. what happened and it was yeah. one of those things too like you could tell like when i did the when i did the last uh part of the last first um the first time i did it and i did five wounds that saber one shot that like it, you know like you can tell when somebody has not had that done to them before they're just like <laughs> yeah, yeah the first time it gets done <laughs> to you and you're playing arbor it it's a real big feel bad feels bad man like I, yeah the amount of people who i've are just like completely crestfallen when <laughs> yeah so that's a long way of saying who knows if i even make it to that to two and oh and make it to that third game if i don't play republic sure um i wish that i had uh i wish that i had empire in that third game for two reasons the first is simply because the Aiden boba empire list is a lot more mobile and good at able to flank Mm -hmm. Um, republic kind of needs and wants to stay in one spot which worked to my disadvantage in this game basically how the battle cards uh ended up um it was his deck and uh based on how they flipped out i had to either veto with my last veto i could choose either limviz or um recover and ended up vetoing limviz against ewoks right against ewoks oh um, that's definitely the right call yeah but i did i didn't i wasn't excited about recover simply because recover is one of those objectives that doesn't have to be about attrition totally yeah you know you can get three boxes and not kill anything and still win which is mm -hmm. what happened um i didn't yeah. like i didn't lose any units in this game um but uh scouting party is also probably pretty good for him in that regard 
Yeah, it was more good for uh, opening positioning in, in this situation. Um, simply, basically, there was like two pretty sizable line of sight blockers about um, roughly eight inches from the center, like on mm -hmm. either side of the center. Yeah. Um, and we ended up on danger close, which that was another, like I had to veto hemmed in. So I didn't have you walks in my face on, on turn one. And danger close was not my favorite based on how the, the axis was going to go past these two line of sight blockers, but at least it wasn't hemmed in. Um, so he was able to kind of like hide behind both these line of sight blockers and threaten to pick up the middle box while also threatening to melee anything I sent to pick up the middle box without mm -hmm. being shot by me. Yeah. Um, so I like it was a lot of I, I spent a lot of turns just taking standbys on some of my best range units instead of shooting because I didn't have any targets. Um, and I couldn't like get around them in a way that was, you know, I could have gone around the far side, but then I wouldn't have been keeping the middle box secure anymore. Mm. So um yeah but on turn six um i still had um on the previous turn on turn five since he had 11 activations and i just had nine he double moved an ewok unit to base the box on the previous turn five and played a one pip the next turn to grab it and move away um but i still had like a very uh obvious path to victory and that i only needed to get them up to force suppression to make that box just not count oh sure um because the ewoks don't remove suppression at the end of the round so it's your threshold's four and five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those situations uh, where I also had to kill the ATST because the ATST has inspired three. Mm. Um, so I did end up killing the ATST, uh, but I basically needed to use Anakin to do that instead of going after the Ewoks. Um, and then all I had to do was shoot the Ewoks four times. And I had um, six units with which to do that. Uh, one of those units was Echo. I pulled early in the turn. Echo had his own box. Um, and we were kind of, it was another one of those, like, we had like hard dice down in like seven minutes when this happened. So I'm like, I need to make sure that we finish so that I can get. And the, the time pressure definitely got to me because I pulled Echo and I'm like, okay, Echo has a box. If I move him out to shoot this unit and start ticking up that suppression count, um, he's going to be exposed. And sure. of course, and the like, ATST is not dead at that point. The ATST has not died yet at this point. Which is a problem. The only thing that probably could have killed him, I assume. Correct. Um, so I ended up just like hiding with him. I think realistically, he probably would have been fine anyway because I had some dodges on Padme and like the ATST wasn't close enough to him to use the blast thing and he's got yep. free health. And anyway, um, I ended up not shooting with him. And then mm -hmm. over the course, but I'm like, I still have five units to do this for suppression. You know, I've got some redundancy here. But one of those units I thought was too far away to melee from an Ewok squad got meleeed. So that takes it down to four. And then uh, one of the other units that I thought was in range of his box unit was like just out of range. So then suddenly I could only get that unit up to three suppression. Um, I almost killed it anyway. It had one guy left at the end of the turn. <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't enough. So he had one Ewok model with the box with four suppression. Uh, and he had three boxes. So low profile is good. Low profile is very good. The, yeah. the the handful of times that I managed to actually shoot Ewoks, it was like I mean, even with a Republic gun line at range three, it was not like it, it was you know, taking three hits off the top. You definitely don't kill nearly as much as you think you should, and they often have dodges too. So Yeah, yeah. Um it was uh yeah, I will say that there is definitely something to the um the thing I was surprised most by having not faced Bright Tree Village before was just the durability of the Ewoks. Like they're not fragile. 
No, 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 no. Um, I, I think they're very similar to to Pikes, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, ob- obviously, yeah. Pikes have very different offensive profile Fresh. and kit, yeah. like clearly. But I think when it comes to defense, low profile is not that different than independent dodge. Yeah, they can't block crits with it. Like the crits are the big difference. But they're also like significantly cheaper than pikes. They also Um, have a lot more bodies than pikes. Like they can afford to take the chip crit damage, you know, like that pikes sort of can't. Like a pike, you know, loses one or two models and all of a sudden it's like not feeling super great. Yep. But I feel like Ewoks, they're like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, like we're not shooting anyways. We, you know, I, I don't know. Um, yeah anyway i wish i had empire in that game specifically because it would have been much easier to a either grab the box just because boba Fett's so good at that and i would have had more activations so he wouldn't be able to do the last first box grab yeah um yeah. or b just like flank around the line of sight blockers with infiltrate or boba or something flamethrower you know you also would have um, had like blast and sharpshooter on several units correct. in that regard yeah. yeah um um so yeah i it's hard to know whether i would have got there if i hadn't pivoted at the last minute um, sure. But in that specific game that I got eliminated, I would have much rather had my Empire list. You needed some arcs. That's what you needed. Yeah. <laughs> Just needed some arc troopers. Shark mm-hmm. troopers pretty good, my dude. Yep. If I was yes. playing 5 first, though, Mike, do I beat triple dark troopers? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, no. I start off the tournament 0 and 1, and I don't ever play yeah, Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Um, anyway, congrats to Neil for making it to top eight yep. at Bright Tree Village. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, my my day ended ignobly at two and one. But um, I did have a lot of fun, um, especially like afterwards. Uh, I will say the the hangouts were extremely entertaining. The first on Saturday night, we went to the the pool at the hotel, which um, this is where the duck comes in. I was going to uh, say you you owe us a duck story. I do owe you a duck story. <laughs> Uh, there was there was a mama duck and a baby duck, and the baby duck was, I mean, it was it was like super tiny. Uh, in the and, pool? Yes, in the pool. It was probably the baby duck was probably like about the size of this car. Um, it was this tiny little matchbox car, and uh, they were in the pool. We came to realize while we were hanging out at the pool that the baby duck was stuck in the pool because there were no like ramps on the side. It was just you know, so the the water level was about like six inches below. Okay. So I don't know whether like the mama duck flew into the pool thinking that it was like you know a good place to chill, and then obviously the baby duck followed her in there because that's what they do, uh, and then the baby duck couldn't get out. Anyway, the baby duck was stuck in the pool. The mama duck kept like flying out of the pool to try and get it out, and the baby duck would like you know like try and get out. <laughs> oh man, that's well so like sad. Chir- chirping pathetically. It was yeah, it was extremely sad. And then the mama duck would get back in, and the baby, and then there were of course like fifteen people in the pool. And several of them were kids. So, like, you know, this poor duck is also, like, being harassed by people. Some of which were, like, probably trying to help, you know, the baby duck get out of the pool. But, like, then, anyway. um, Eventually, uh, Zane, who was the EO, got uh, a pool net, a pool skimmer. <laughs> and actually hooked the baby duck out of the pool and rescued it. So, and put it in a bush. Um, That's so Zane. It is. Yeah. Very, very he was smart so. enough to keep it in the net until the mama duck came out of the pool because as soon as you get the baby free the baby duck, it just goes straight to the mama. So mm-hmm. it would have gone right back in the pool if uh mama duck was still in the pool. But yeah, that's the duck story. <laughs> um but also uh there's such a thing as a bourbon restaurant, which I did not know. 
Uh, it's a place called Bourbon and Biscuits near Lone Star Open. Uh, they had a 34-page menu of bourbons. Wow. Um, so, so I deferred. I deferred to our own Tim Hannon. That uh, seems like a smart decision. Yeah, he is an actual certified bourbon expert. Oh, that's a thing. That is apparently a thing. It's called a bourbon steward. Um. Okay. So yeah, I let him order my bourbon for me. <laughs> I mean, that lines up. He lived in Tennessee for a while. So. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Although bourbon is Kentucky, Tennessee is whiskey. Oh, that's right. So it doesn't line up at all. I just. Made I mean, up. you know, it's it's topically adjacent. Maybe he's also a whiskey expert. I don't Who know. knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was good times. I really enjoyed seeing everybody and hanging out and chatting. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I'm glad I went. <laughs> what are we talking about next? This is an awkward pause. Kyle just like <laughs> fell asleep. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't I know. know. How about the fact that I have a freaking world's invite? How about yeah, that, so Kyle? Jay, we Jay talked about your a... lonely weekend. With it was not that long of a pause. And lo- yes, it was. Yes, it was. Oh, that was a super It was uncomfortably long. <laughs> like you, I was not. I could not have been the only one feeling that. Yeah, no, it, for sure. Like you recounted this weekend and then stared into the void as if your life was over, and like yeah. it was that uncomfortable. Uh, How was your weekend, Jay? Great. Yeah. So uh, we had a store championship. I went three and oh, um, I have uh, a little shocking advice uh, uh, news for everyone. Uh, I neither played Ewoks nor Tempest <laughs> at this event. Um, I'll tell you guys what I played in a second, but I'll, I'll get you to my thought process. So first off was um, I had said on the cast and kind of to myself, like my personal, like, mantra or, or whatever or 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 thing was that i'm not going to play ewoks until my army's painted and i'm not going to rush myself painting it because i wanted to do a really good job um and so i was like you know what i i'm going to stick to that i'm not going to play as much as i want to play him i'm not going to play him uh so then tempest i really wanted to play tempest but before i made my list decision my biggest fear was that a lot of people <laughs> we're going to want to really play Tempest. We have a lot of Empire players. And so I was like, with Tempest lists, I think, with a lot of double or triple heavy lists, it they come down to a 50-50. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a dice roll of who's going to win because you mean like of, in a mirror situation. Yeah, in a mirror situation. Yeah, yeah it's a 50-50. And so I'm like, okay, I don't want I don't want to do 50-50s. Like I just want to I want to have the control of winning um so uh, after thinking about that and thinking that there was going to be not only those but dark troopers there's going to be a lot of like stuff like that i actually went with echo base um and so my list was a rebel officer with commanding presence three vets uh with their heavy weapon three M- uh medium blasters two air speeders with the harpoon and comms jammers and then uh, two of the laser cannons with the overcharge generator, which is the impact one. Um, and so that's what I ended up going with. Um, and... It's a lot of impact. Yeah. That is a lot of impact. And a lot uh, of critical. Yeah. And so in a lot of my thought was, okay, I have to be prepared for armor, but then I also have to be prepared for other lists too, because not everybody's going to be running armor. I need to be able to handle other stuff. 
Um, and so I get to the tournament. Literally, there's one Tempest player and one Dark Trooper at the whole tournament. And I ended up all three of my matches were against Gar. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, you probably had a pretty heavy range advantage against I most did. standard Gar lists, though. Yeah, I did. Um, and, and so, like, my first match was uh, Annie Padme, uh, Triple Bark my opponent and he had uh he had some stuff in there with boil and protector um yeah. and a medic um and so we played key positions on that one um and yeah it was interesting the you know basically what i found with the air speeders and in most of my and all three of my matches was using them a lot as uh depending on the scenario and the timing, the round timing, but using them kind of almost as uh, like, like a distraction to, to the other, to, to my opponent. Uh, Cause you have to get rid of them, right? Like if they're coming down on you, cause they search the crit, they can flank, they can get you out of cover. Um, so a lot of times I was using them as a distraction. And while they were focusing all their firepower on trying to take down the air speeders, I was just like moving my army, the rest of my army into position uh, for for the key positions. Um, yeah, so the first one was key positions. It was a really great game. Uh, and, you know, the Barks did a little bit of work. I think he got one of the air speeders. Uh, I think that was all I lost during that match. Um, and, and, you know, Anakin Padme, like that was my first time really playing against like an Anakin Padme with heavies and stuff. So he definitely did the, the lightsaber uh, fire support. Um, and then like just the tokens in the everyone, you know, the dodges and the, and the, and the uh, surges. And it was, it was quite ridiculous. Um, but I made it through that first one. I was like, okay, I got through it. We're okay. We survived. We won. Great. The next one, uh, I ended up facing another Gar list. Uh, and this time it was Obi-Wan Padme with three ARC troopers. And so that one was even more ridiculous uh, with tokens. And so, <laughs> you know, um, that one we actually ended up going recover. Um and I got lucky. The recover was kind of in a in a good spot for me where it was really open. So in order for him to even try to get Obi-Wan up there, like literally everything I had could see it. And, and you know, it's all within range of, of everything. Um, so he had to play pretty tentatively with Obi-Wan. Um, but then what happened was once I kind of got through the tokens and stuff and we got past that, uh, the just attrition just started to happen you know to the clones where i was just like knocking off enough and then it just you know i think i i think i told you guys this in our in our discord but like i find with clones that um yeah all the token sharing's great and like the first couple of rounds they're really strong and together but as you start to spread out to try to get the objectives specifically like recover stuff like that you're spreading out your zones so sharing isn't as 
easy anymore. And so once you start doing that, the, the attrition starts happening for, for your opponent where you start losing stuff. And and he played a great game, but that just uh, he started spreading out and I just started like murdering things. Uh, and the airspeeder was kind of flying around, taking out stuff. The FD cannons are amazing and we're doing huge work. And, you know, I got really lucky on my tables, all, all three of my tables. I was really, really lucky uh, and had really great firing lanes for the FDs, you know, so which was nice. Um, and then my final game was, you guessed it, Gar. Uh, and this time he had Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, that was a much tougher list than I thought it was going to be. Uh, you can you can actually, you can fit a solid eight activations yeah. in there. And they did. And I had 11 activations, you know, so I really, that really helped me having, you know, being able to go like, three or four times after my opponent had already settled down uh you know and so like keeping my air speeders out of range for like an anakin saber throw fire support uh for the 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 other two games was really you know really key and so um you know they all had tech against armor so my air speeders were in constant danger uh so it was just making sure i played them right but we actually ended up recover on that one as well uh but also again i got lucky in the box so there was like um this bunker in the middle and it turned out that the direct middle was on my side of the bunker so he had to like jump with anakin and obi-wan to like get over into the you know to the center uh objective and so um i think it was turn two i ended up playing their hold and and just because he had moved Annie and Obi-Wan up and it looked like he was going to jump over the bunker to grab the box. And so I literally, you know, aims and standbys and all the FDs had standbys. Um, but in order to get recover, we actually uh, we ended up playing um, rapid. And so I had rapid on the FDs. Ugh. Uh, which I picked both of those mm -hmm. and uh, you know, so they got in really, really good positions. Uh, and so um, yeah, that went right down to actually right down to the end. I had a vet squad with the middle box and one of my other boxes and my commander with a box and the vet squad was moving away and Anakin dove into them on, this is turn six, right? But he had to double move. He had to, I had moved another squad into uh melee with him. So I had to use force push on them to then double move with no tokens into that squad. And it was a full five, five man squad. And so he ended up only, he ended up getting four uh, hits through. And so only killed four. And so one remained with two boxes and there was nothing else he could do about it. Cause most, the rest of his, his stuff was, was either too far back or already dead. Obi-Wan was trying to chase down my commander, but by that time uh, he had only had one box his box, uh, I had killed the unit and they dropped it and he didn't have anyone close enough being able to pick it up. Uh, so I was already up to two to one. Um, and then I think Obi-Wan did end up killing my commander, but couldn't I tied him up too. So he didn't have enough actions to kill my commander and pick up the box. Um, so, you know, so that one, that one was really a really, really tough game. Uh, a lot of like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me think about this before <laughs> before i make you know before i do anything um but yeah i was i was it was three great opponents i had a ton of fun and i had my world's invite and yeah i i 
for um the the list uh i go i said no one is happy about this that was the name of my list because i know everybody wanted me to bring tempest or or ewoks but i just i don't know i just felt like both of those were going to be a thing and i i just really wanted to i wanted to win um Mm -hmm. my 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 need to win that tournament was greater than my need to play uh either of those lists so fg cannons are in a really good spot right now mm-hmm. um yeah I, th- I think uh we saw it on stream this weekend and i think just generally uh an fd cannon with the overcharge generator it is the overcharge right with the impact that's impact. the name of it yeah yep. um with the overcharge generator is in a pretty good meta spot particularly for the cost um yeah i mean it's what like 65 it's pretty cheap i don't it's, yeah, yeah. I you know I think the real trick with them is because of how they're costed now and because of how they you can use them in, in both echo base and regular rebel lists yeah. uh they're no longer like before they used to have to be the focus of your list and now they're just kind of like uh, in addition to the list you know um Sport piece. yeah it's, un- I, it's almost like a premium sniper team kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, if you're going to, if you at home are thinking about playing them, you know, placement is huge with them. Like they've got to be in a good spot. Otherwise it's, it's all bad. So, um, you know, making sure that your deployments, the ones you pick, you know, and I also had an eight point bid. So I've, I figured for the most part, I would, I would have choices, you know what I mean? Which is maybe not my deck but you know uh uh maybe at least being able to pick the side of the table if i chose to be red or whatever you know um but yeah it was interesting i definitely you know i think i had recover in my list because i figured if i faced off against a tempest force or something like i i i would have a better spot with with recover than they would have but like uh once i faced like three Anakin was like, oh, God, I wish I didn't have recover in this like this this deck, but you know, it's it's one of those things. Um I'm not sure what I would have swapped it out for, but that's fair. I'm I'm really surprised at the lack of stones people had to uh play Tempest Force this weekend at all of the events. Um yeah, I don't frankly. know if it's stones or just lack of preparation time or what, yeah. but yeah, there was only one at Lone Star Open. Yeah. literally literally one out of 64 so man we had one at ours um, i just yeah. i would i would like to see it actually go through the gauntlet you know yeah. um that yeah. would be that would be nice because it I, definitely is good uh it just yeah i i would say the ones that i that i saw people or people talking about taking like the one that was at ours the one that was at ellis so like i don't even think were really the optimized version of it i think they they seem more like oh hey this is a thing i can bring now and i'm going to do it and it's not what's like whoa, whoa 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 like let's think about how we clean this up a little bit and make it you know and i think we talked about this last week and i don't even think that some of the lists that i came up with or that we talked about were the optimized versions of the list i think they were just interesting concepts of like oh hey what could we fit in this you know and and then you you work your way down um i think i'm you know my plan now is it's funny this this weekend kind of got me like really hyped for competitive again 
Um, and so like, I'm going to be going to some more tournaments. I've got one in August and, and one in September planned and already. And so, um, I think I'm going to go with Tempest, uh, here from here on out until I get my bright tree painted. But, you know, I've already, based on what I'm seeing, you know, like playing a lot of gar this weekend, I played against a lot of gar, uh, gave me just ideas on how that list is going to have to, to operate. You know, I think, a lot of us talking when we were talking last week and I in particular was coming up with insane lists. I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to need a couple snipers. Like I'm going to need some peers. I, you know, and I need to get, I need to get past some low profile, need to get past dodges. Like there's some stuff like that list is going to need to get past. And I think it has the capability to do it. Just not in the iterations that like I was thinking about at the time. Especially with Gar, man, they're real. T- they're real chunky. Yeah, yeah, I lost. I lost one unit in over four games. Yeah, feels good, right? Yeah, it's um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna need to figure out like what I'm gonna. I'm Nova opens in a little over a month, um, and I need to figure out whether I need to make some adjustments or not. But it's definitely like sixty forty in favor of just playing Republic again over something else. Yeah. So. I actually, so, I mean, we don't need to be like, make this a Republic podcast, but since I'm here, um, <laughs> uh, I actually think they're just like in a really weird spot and they have been for like a year and a half. Like, I definitely think they're probably the best faction right now. If you take like a wide picture snapshot of like what has the best tools to deal mm-hmm. with things goes, um, but I'm not convinced that they're the best list, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I agree I, with that. I definitely, like, you can do, like, the Anakin saber throw thing, and, like, obviously you did it over the weekend, and, like, it's a very good thing, and it's not really even, like, a one-trick pony, and that, like, you don't have to, like, spend a lot doing it, but you have to spend just enough that it makes the rest of your list not not what it needs to be in the other matchups I've found. Um, there were yeah. definitely times when I wish I would have had Barrier instead. Yeah, I mean, barrier, the Barrier Saber Throw conversation is obviously like a big portion of that, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I definitely... I feel like there is a Republic list that like counters every like good list in the meta, but I don't feel like there's a Republic list that deals with them all. All at once. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and therefore like, it's really like, I think we saw it this weekend at LSO where like people were obviously like taking armor counters and, you know, um, and it just it it feels like they're it's it's tough to climb out of that rabbit hole when you're fighting a normal list, you know you don't have all the tools you need to, and obviously that can be extended beyond Republic. But I, the way that I've been feeling lately is like, you know, a lot of the other factions, particularly Empire and Rebels, have a lot of incidental impact weapons in their list that just are their kind of by accident almost like a little bit you know like there's just a lot of critical and a lot of impact running around in those mm. lists or I ways think, to generate crits 
I think I think it's more true of critical than impact. If you're that's that's Empire that's yes. especially I mean, like rebels. I think I don't want to say you have to bring FDs because you don't, and I don't want to ever say that you have to bring something. But FDs <laughs> but are certainly like them. FDs are without question the most point sufficient and useful way to to kind of check that impact box. Yeah, yep. totally. And I think you're seeing that you know in recent events with the most successful rebelists having one if not two FDs in them. Well, uh, and, um, and besides, I, I definitely wouldn't call that incidental impacts, though. Yeah, and, and besides just armor, like they they are a so, like okay, I didn't play any armor, and they were just a solid unit to be shoot. Like I was fire supporting them with the, with the MKs yeah. in a couple instances, you know, going okay, here's nine black dice with critical. You know what I mean? It's like well, that's yeah. that's sort of what I mean by incidental, and in that maybe maybe incidental is not the right word, but like. It does it those is, things. It is impact. Like if you take an RPS in your core unit, like that's that's what that core unit is yes, doing in this right. game, right? Like, and if you take an RPS on your, I guess on a bark, it's like a little different, but but that's like kind of the extent of what Republic has access to outside of like Anakin saber throw to to deal with the impact situation. Whereas yeah. you know Rebels just like. They would, you know, the vets have critical too. The Mark Twos have critical. They're kind of there, you know. I mean, just natty sprinkling some FDs in feels pretty low cost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yep. and a lot of the Empire lists are just kind of like running like the marksman. The marksman Boba Fett stuff has all, all always been good, so they've just always had kind of decent answers, even if it's not amazing um yeah I don't, I don't know that that's enough by itself anymore it probably um, it probably isn't but it's it's enough that like you throw one dedicated impact weapon like an fd turret into those lists and all of a sudden you're feeling like you're probably okay right i i suspect h like an hh12 you mean yeah you're, you're yeah. like okay i throw a stormtrooper in here with an hh12 along with all the like like the marksman stuff from Aiden inferno you know you've got the rocket on boba if you're taking it like you just have you have a lot of options um yeah which i think is a good i think i think that that's a good thing um but i, I think i think the point that you're trying to make is that the quote-unquote anti-armor republic lists have to make more sacrifices to check that box relative yeah. to the empire. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I would say that we wouldn't have to if y'all just manned up and gave us critical on those snipers back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually think it's a good thing that because I think Republic is in a really strong place right now. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think the cost to bring an RPS is not that high. Yeah, uh, I actually think it's the best like core impact weapon. Um, as far yeah. as a, a, an impact weapon that has the impact whatever keyword on it from a core unit. I don't disagree with that assessment. However, I do agree with the premise that um, I think it, I think it the, there is a significant cost to um, relegating one of your so here's the thing every republic list ever it has to have its core units doing all of its damage unlike basically every other faction in the game in my opinion the the brunt of your damage output is your core units 
And when you can't move and shoot with one of probably five, because let's face it, like you're you're limited to basically five. It's good probably shooters. not more than five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes you can get to six, but that means you're probably not running a Jedi, and that's mm. a problem. Um and 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 relegating 20% of your your active damage profile to a cumbersome unit is really bad. And I yeah. I, I, I agree the unit is very efficient. It is excellent at what it does. But when you start taking attrition and if they are shooting things that aren't the RPS, you very quickly wish that that squad was not an RPS in just about every game I've ever played. And yep. it's a problem. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I would say I, I definitely in my game saw that where there were points they needed to advance and move up to start playing the objectives, but couldn't because I was in their face with armor and they were trying to like knock the armor down and they just couldn't, they couldn't have it both ways, you know? Yeah. Well, and Republic has never been as good at like moving Ooh. as the other factions, which I think is frankly fine insofar so as they're substantially more durable. Uh, and yeah. yeah get better token generation so you know i think that's a nice like offset um i agree that uh i think i agree with your premise i'm not sure that it's a problem from like a interfaction balance perspective um it's definitely a meta problem that they have right now yeah and but i'm not sure that it's like the other factions have meta issues also with having to like check certain boxes and stuff like that and i feel like we're in a very like rock paper scissory kind of place right now yeah. with the game uh yeah. and i don't think that's unique to republic um that's a whole nother topic for discussion it feels but... unique to us okay yeah. our feelings are valid too yeah i know <laughs> i i think with that and this was something i was thinking earlier and i i didn't say it out loud but i will know is that this like what you're saying based off of that and like what we're seeing with things out in the open is I really think and we've said this forever, but I'll, I'll bring it up again. It's like pilot it is is very much key now more than ever to this game and like how you pilot a list is going to be dependent on how it performs now. Right. Because of how everything is. So, so if we're saying like that Tempest thing, right, like it, uh, it's a 50, 50 role. And I, I really don't want to deal with 50 fifties right now. I want to, you know, I think a good pilot probably adds like a little bit better percent win percentage onto that 50, 50 role versus, it's, you know, I bet yeah. you it's probably 70, 30. I, I mean, like, I don't think, you know, when it comes to like mirrors and stuff, like I think if, you know, when you're talking about Tempest and something that's been out, you know, two days or whatever, yeah, sure, we can call it 50-50. But I mean, uh, you know, I think piloting piloting lists is, I'm going to throw out a number. You guys can like fight over it if you want. I'm going to say 85 to 90% of this game. This game is like, hugely skill intensive and it's not um it's i think yes it is a game of chance but i think it is not um a surprise to me when we see a lot of the same names coming up over and over and over again at these big tournaments and yes kyle i'm looking at you uh, <laughs> um 
you could know, be looking at Austin. We could be looking at Austin too, you know, and, and it's just like, I think um, a lot of this comes down to reps and, you know, when, no mirror match is ever 50, 50. Uh, it's, it's always skill, skill based. And I think, yeah, I think it's dangerous to forget that sometimes. Oh yeah. And I, I don't mean by the rock, paper, scissors comment to um, like degrade that concept at all because it's, no, it's still no, very no. important for legion and still far more emphasized in legion than most other miniatures games um but i feel like we've we've gone slightly more into that checking a box in the list building stage than previously um yeah. you know clearly pilot skill still the number one most important thing obviously but yeah i, I mean i um, think i think what you're trying to say though is that like if pilot like pilot skill is equal yes you know, um, which I think is rare, but as you make your way towards the top tables and tournaments, it tends to even out more and more as you progress, right? That's just kind of how tournaments work. Like all of a sudden, if you hit a hard counter in like the later stages of a tournament, yeah, it it gets tough very quickly. All right. Any other thoughts, gentlemen? I think it's a super interesting time right now in the game. I think there's a lot of great stuff. I I would caution everyone from the hot takes on whether now that seeing that what happened this past weekend and like judging either of the new two new list battle forces, because I think one one weekend of three players, four players, playing the newest list that's only been legal for a day is is not indicative of what those lists can do and and how good or bad that they are so you know i I think we still got a lot of games to be played a lot of people need to like test and and put these tempest and ewoks on the board and see what they can do with them you know yeah go ahead no i go after you oh i was gonna say even if these lists are not oppressive busted whatever these two battle forces just by nature of existing within this game change list building incredibly one the ewoks um just makes it so that you have to bring a sheer number of dice to get through the amount of bodies on the table in the way that the separatists did when they launched, but to a like much higher degree mm-hmm. and Tempest continues to push the armor envelope in a way that like, I, I think th- they, both of those lists, I think could be, uh, first of all, I don't think they're subpar. I think that they're average at worst and, and Tempest, I think is very good. I think both of them could be very good, but I'm like pretty confident Tempest is very good. Um, and I don't have any doubt in my mind about that. Um, but but even if they weren't, like they just the the things that they do to the warp the game is almost independent of how they play on the table to me. If that makes sense. Well, it's the same conversation about dark troopers, right? Yeah, it's yeah, that, absolutely. It's, you know, we talk about gatekeeping. Right, but they they serve to require you to do like a certain thing with your in in ways that are restrictive of list building, 
like before you even show up just just because of the specter they create even if you never actually like face that specter so and i guess like to your point earlier about like rock paper scissors is like um i i do think i've been feeling more and more you know like a lot of people have been asking me like mike what do you do when you face an armor list with your 501st list i'm like i chose to not consider that before the tournament i chose to (laughs) intentionally not check that box and i think um you know going back to the like games of chance conversation that we're sort of alluding to before is that like sometimes when you go like all in at like a poker tournament or whatever you take a chance on a hand and you know like you know that there's things that it can't be right um and i think as the game i i'm not sure i personally want the game to feel like that but i do think that there is some level of reasonable expectation that we all are going to have to have as the game continues expanding that it is going to feel more and more like that we can definitely i'm going to i'm going to yell as loud as i can to try and hold it back not that i have any like actual input on that but i will i will yell to the clouds and hope someone hears me um but i definitely think that you know one of the i don't know if this is what you meant by interesting jay but i i definitely feel like it at this point in time you definitely you can't check all of the boxes um and you have to decide which ones you're going to discard before you even get to the tournament and you have to you have to put your bet down before you even get on the plane now um which is which is a significant change in how this game has worked because it's never really worked like that before um and I definitely think that there's a little bit of a mindset change that all, basically every competitive player is going to have to deal with, at least in the short term, where we're talking about, you know, you, you have to hedge your bets. And sometimes the right play is just to take a better list that folds to some things Um in the hopes that you dodge them and part of winning a tournament is sometimes you just dodge lists you don't want to play you know um and that's a big deal i mean like um you know luke cook's a very good player he did not really tech for darks at worlds and he got rewarded because he didn't play against them you know um and uh i i'm sure he could have taken that tournament down anyways luke's luke's amazing whatever but like um sometimes it's it's just like it, it's no different than you know getting into a position in a game where the dice have to go your way yeah it's just it happens far earlier and it feels worse you know yeah it feels worse because it happens earlier yes yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like it's outside it's not not part of the game because it happens so early right, right. yeah um, well, i i think it's um you know they they always have those like decision triangles where it's like you can have only two of these and you have to pick two, right? And you yeah, can't yeah. have that. That's like where we're at. Cheap and, cheap and fast, but not good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think it's like armor, you know, good against armor, good against force users, or good against like, I don't know, you know what the other like maybe, mass, mass, yeah, mass, armies, mass armies or something. Yeah. And you can only pick two. Go, good luck, you know. And I, and I would say that like, that i mean that definitely happened to me you know i i was not teched for uh force users and ended up playing three force users and and luckily 
um, in all three of my games. You know, the last one I think might might be an exception, but had a good good enough game plan to deal with it. Um, you know, and and I think the last one was just a little bit of luck towards the end. But like, uh, you know, you know, uh, yeah, I I I knew what I was doing <laughs> and going well. I'm not gonna be good against force users, but I don't think I'll face that many in the force user, force user, force user. You know, which happens. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing for the game. I do think T47s are actually pretty good against force users. Considering they can't be, they can't, they, they can't interact them. back yeah, with yeah, them yeah. at all. Yeah, generally. Yeah. Well, well, um, okay. Uh, oh, yes, I think the Anakin saber throw thing because it's Anakin with the saber throw with with the fire i think that's the one exception probably exactly exactly yeah yeah yeah. no they're not good again yeah that's i guess more what i meant was he in particular is the one force user that a lot of people are using outside of ahsoka so so like he's the one that i was like well i'm not gonna be good against that but i don't anticipate i'm gonna see that three in a row i was just like what is happening (laughs) i feel like my take a few weeks ago after the um various I mean, you know, it's it's been an accumulation of things, right? The deflect nerf, the points, the choke nerf, etc. But um, of Anakin being like the only good force user left, I feel like that feels a little bit less hot after this weekend. I I um, uh, yeah, I we do, we that. disagree greatly on this point. Uh, okay, I I think I think people are so caught up with the surge to block on defense thing with the dodge to with the flex i i don't know um yeah i don't know i mean this last weekend was like a great example of that being an extremely huge deal <laughs> so I, yes but i don't think that's a bad thing i think that um i think without it force users can be insanely oppressive in ways that you can't actually deal with them with a normal list. Um, I think it was a good change. And 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 yes, there might be a world where several of those force users maybe need to come down five to ten points. I'll give you that. But I think for the health of the game, it was a great thing um, for the most part that you can you can deal with a force user in your lines and, and like feel like you can actually kill them. Um, and I and I do think that like I don't think people have, for the most part, adapted to, let's call it the like new fragility of force users. I mean, they were fragile before, no doubt. They were extremely um, fragile before already. They, they were they were definitely fragile, but a good player with them could make them basically invincible against like 80% of the field. I don't think that's true at all. That's because you're one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, lost a lot of force users over that. I, over I the know, years. I know. Um, but I've lost, as, I've lost a someone, lot of games against people that don't have force users with my own force users. I understand, but as someone who I think I'm pretty good at the game, playing against you with a force user felt like an impossible game to win. And, That's fair. and and I don't think that that should be the case. Uh, <laughs> frankly, I th- I think that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'll just play Anakin now. He still gets surgeon melee. 
Yeah, uh, but I mean, Anakin's a very Anakin's not really a. No, I know he's he's not like he's not like Vader or, I mean, he's not really he's a defensive force user. He might be the only like truly defensive force user. I guess Obi Wan is in there too, but yeah, and I think um, and I think that's that's the reason I'm actually kind of okay with them surging to block because they do very different things than traditional force users. The traditional force user is a scalpel that who really its only way of getting value is like killing your opponents using units or zoning out areas of the board, and and Anakin and Kenobi don't i mean they zone but not to the same level as those other force users um they don't have the splashy lot. offensive abilities of the yeah. other force users yeah. yeah um but but i think you know um as people continue to get better with force users i think that this is going to be fine maybe they need to be cheaper i don't know uh i definitely think that would be okay for some of them um but like operative vader is still good ahsoka obviously still good enough um you know i think i don't know i think people are just choosing not to play operative luke right now because they have ahsoka instead she's cheaper you know no operative luke's bad that that i (laughs) that i no you're a little bit little had i know (laughs) (laughs) you're wrong But you know, I I don't it, name a force user that is actively bad. Actively I ch- bad. I, I challenge you to put a force user on the table that is D or F tier on a tier list. Commander Luke. No, he's he's at least C. I'm trying to remember. I wrote this article. I'm trying to remember what tier I put him in. I think that it was C. So I might agree with that. Um, I'm playing Commander uh, Commander Luke in competitive tournaments presently. How are you doing in those competitive tournaments? <laughs> great, great. It's a very different format, though. It but, is. It is. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think my issue with the deflect nerf is simply that it affected the force users so unevenly, and I, and I'm not even talking about like the republic keywords that got exempted from it or block or anything like that i'm simply talking about the fact that i think um it's really two linked things and the first is that um it emphasized the existence of training slots on force users and more specifically the need to take into the fray um secondly as a result of that i think it affected negatively a lot of the force users that were already sort of like not being played a lot uh you know, Commander Luke, Dooku. Um, I think Jedi Luke was kind of already on his way down after the the dodge spam nerfs from last year. Um, and those are basically like the one to zero training slot force users are the ones sure. that are were affected the most negatively. Yeah. And I think that's kind of uh, a symptom of the fact that um, to me, all the deflect nerf did was like make the training slot less interesting for force users that's like the primary effect of it to me but um this is like a whole nother discussion. <laughs> that's what we're here like for we're, we're here yeah. for a whole nother discussion i know but we've already been here for like an hour and 20 minutes so. <laughs> Kyle, <Kyle's already laughs> sleeping didn't you see um, him stare into the void and question his whole life earlier with that right, awkward right. pause 
Like it's so awkward. I'm I was I'm considering cutting it out. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Like, was that's just, why that's why I interjected. I yeah. don't know. I was like, are we gonna like what's what's happening? Well, part next, of me guys? just wanted to see how long it was going. Yeah, I feel you. I was I just mean, I was fondly remembering the bourbon. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh I feel you on the trading upgrades. I definitely feel like that's got more to do with everything costing a billion dollars in that slot now. Um personally. But. That's also fair. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen offensive push since it went up to six, like anywhere. Yeah, I um, I think that was a mistake. But I, I agree. I think the tenacity was too, frankly. Oh, I I'm talking about all the training upgrades. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think they should have moved at all. That yeah. I think that I think the fact that they were around and making things varied was fine. And that now we just don't see them played because they're not good enough at their current price points. And I think that sucks. But yeah. Yeah, I I really wish they had taken a different approach to this and did maybe more like a battle force. I think we talked about that on here, like a battle force price adjustment. So like, hey, if you're going to use this upgrade in this battle force, it actually costs this much. Versus well, it, with with the training upgrades, I it almost seemed like it was they did the sweep of like, what are the most popular upgrades in the game? Let's increase those costs. Oh, hundred percent. You know, yeah, yeah. Um without kind of thinking of like looking into the why mm. um and the nuance of why those were popular and like there's nothing tenacity there's nothing else that's similar to tenacity you know and that's a structural thing that's not a tenacity being too good thing it's like it's the melee unit training upgrade yeah it basically um, put woogies in the ground yeah <laughs> like single-handedly <laughs> well it wasn't just you know a two-point increase to tenacity that did that it was the scale changes yeah. the offensive push was another popular upgrade for them well that's what i mean like um, each yeah. one was an extra four points it was yeah it was a double whammy for wookies um but yeah i yeah it'd be nice to see those go back down but i think the whole like end of the fray force user training slot discussion is is related but also separate from the training slot mm -hmm. increases um yeah anyway you guys got any final thoughts why do you ask that question if you want us to stop i have a controversial <laughs> one that i can leave us on well usually that's a cue to be like say if you have any like quick things to say before i do it open open like a 15 minute <laughs> to 20 minute i'm going okay i'm gonna say something we're just gonna leave it hanging for this episode okay oh, boy. all right all right oh, boy. I don't think the best Ewok list is a bright tree list. Is it an Ewok list if it's not a bright tree list? Or is it just a rebel list with Ewoks in yeah, it? Yeah, a rebel list with Ewoks in it. I don't think Ewoks are best in bright tree. Okay. Boom. All right, that's fair. <laughs> cool. The end. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> We are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Jay. And I'm Mike. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay cool, Fruit Matt. Mm -hmm.